Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first podcast of One Word uh, Podcast Live here on YouTube and Facebook. I am Pastor Iron Petrie, uh, the pastor here at Christ Nation Church in Texarkana, Texas, and I'm super excited that you've chosen to take the time out of your day, your busy schedule, to join me for a time in the Word of God. Now, there's really no set time on this podcast, but I promise I'm probably not going to go an hour or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, I just want to take this time to welcome all of our family, family members, church members, people that follow our ministry both near and far. And we're just so glad to have you here in the chat. Uh, if you're in the chat and you're not from Texas or Texarkana, you can let us know who you are. I am here live in front of the camera, but my best help, well, I won't say my best help. I got to say the Holy Ghost is my best help. But next next to him, my wife is behind the scenes, and she is the one really pulling a lot of the strings and communicating with you guys uh, backstage. And so we're just so honored that you would choose to take the time to share with us in the Word of God. I believe that this time in the Word is going to be extremely beneficial for you because of the subject matter we're going to cover here today. And I don't want to belabor the time much longer. I want to jump right into this. And the reason I chose this topic, we're talking about relationship with God and your particular relationship with God is because I have heard a lot in the last, uh, I guess you can say in our postmodern age, we hear a lot about relationship with God. People say a lot of times, I have a relationship with God. I don't, I don't need to go to church because I have my own relationship with God. Um, I don't need to do this, that, or the other because I have my own relationship with God. It almost seems as though relationship with God seems to always be coupled with um, a, a, an excuse to to get away from some type of accountability. <laughs> you know, that's the way we hear it a lot phrased nowadays. And we also hear a lot of people talk about their relationship with God who may not even be people of the faith. They just talk about a generic relationship with God or this idea of God. And so I believe in relationship with God. I don't believe in religion. I believe we actually have a relationship with God as our father and we're his children. But we have to recognize that the Bible gives us guidelines for what establishes a relationship with God. How many of you have ever seen those people, and this is kind of a practical thing, you know, where uh, maybe they're talking to a person or they're establishing a relationship with somebody, and they will say, well, you know, she and I or he and I are together, and the other person really isn't aware that they are. They're like, oh, we're a thing. <laughs> we really are a thing, you know, because they're surprised that they're actually in a relationship. They thought it was one thing, but the other person thought it was an actual relationship. And that can very much carry over into our relationship with God. We see it evidenced in the fact, I believe it's Matthew 7, uh, verse number 21 through 23, where Jesus talks about how in that day when we stand before him, many will say, well, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do great deeds? Didn't we perform wonderful works in your name? And Jesus said, I will profess to them, I never knew you. So it's quite possible for people to be carrying around an idea of a relationship, and Jesus is surprised. Jesus is like, uh, I didn't know we had a thing. So we want to establish what really biblical relationship with God is. And um, we, we want to make sure that this is sound, because a lot of times, like I said, this is thrown around so freely in our culture 
um, it is incumbent upon us to make sure that we can define this properly. And I'm not going to bore you or I'm not going to be laborious with a lot of different things. I've got two verses of Scripture that, to me, establish relationship with God and the stipulations of relationship with God very clearly. And so the first one is found in six, Matthew 16, and we're going to go to verse number 24 and 24 and 25. Now, now listen very carefully to this, because this is a basic verse of scripture that probably everybody's read, everybody's memorized and everybody knows. But it's something where Jesus gives us a premise for relationship with him. It says, then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, will find it. Now, notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, if any man, anybody, is going to come after me, let them first deny themselves. Now, let's stop right there, because this is something that is becoming increasingly foreign to our preaching and teaching today. That the price of admission into relationship with God is self-denial. Now, you would think that in our day and age, it's self-discovery, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn all about me, it's going to be all about me. But, child of God, can I ask you a question? Why would you come to Jesus if you want to do you? Why, why would you want to come to Jesus to do you? I, I think doing me is what puts a lot of us in, in situations where we're crying out to Jesus <laughs> because me is not what I come to Jesus to do. I don't come to Jesus to keep myself. I come to him to lose myself in favor of him and his ways. So Jesus says very clearly, let's establish the premise for relationship with me. If you're coming to me, you must first deny self. Then he says, take up your cross and follow me. That means conform to my ways, conform to who I am, conform to how I act and how I behave. So when I come to Jesus, when I establish a relationship with God, I am coming to deny myself to be more like him. So much of the culture today is all about me. Even Jesus is a me Jesus. He's the Jesus that's okay with everything about me, both good and bad. Well, he accepts me. He loves me. Yes, he does. I'm not making fun of that at all. He absolutely accepts you. He absolutely loves you. But he does not accept nor love you to stay you. I'm going to say that again. He does not accept you or love you to stay you. Notice the phrase, Take up his cross and follow me. Now, the term follow me, what does that tell you right off the bat? I sound like a broken record sometimes saying this because I say this often, but it bears repeating over and over again to us as believers. The term follow me, when somebody says follow me, that means, number one, we're not staying where we met. Number two, you're going to have to put yourself second to my wishes to my direction, to where I'm going. So number one, when I meet Jesus, I may meet him in sin. 
I may meet him in defeat. I may meet him selfish. I may meet him with a temper. I may meet him full of anger. I may meet him full of lust. I may meet him full of pride and I meet him the way I meet him. That's the way I encounter him. And he accepts me and he will meet me right where I am. But then he says, now follow me. <laughs> In other words, let's put some distance between where I met you and where I want to take you. And so we have to embrace this truth that relationship with God means self-denial and growth. Child of God, I love everybody, but we got we to gotta establish this. It is not God's will for me to lean upon his mercy and grace for my entire life and never move beyond some of the habits and issues in my life that I met Jesus with. He wants me to grow. Now, he lovingly pulls me forward and he lovingly grows me up and he has mercy and forgiveness when I stumble and fall. But I'm not supposed to turn God's grace into a hammock to where I just I, when I fall, I just lay down. <laughs> I just I'm just I'm just going I'm just going to take a, a rest here in the grace and the mercy of God. And I'm just going to chill out in my dysfunction. I'm going to chill out in my attitude. I'm going to just chill out and sit here and rest in my lack of development. No, when I meet Jesus, Jesus invites me on a journey of discovering him. And I am to give up myself for what I find in him. Now, I want you to see something else here. Notice it says, Jesus said this. He said, if you will lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. If you'll lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. So God establishes when it comes to relationship with him, loss brings about discovery. I'm going to say that again. Loss brings about discovery. If I haven't found the life God has for me, it's because I haven't lost something that I want to hold on to. I'm going to say that one more time. If I haven't found the life Jesus offers, it's because I have not lost something that I want to hold on to because it's my giving up that causes me to discover. It's my denial that causes me to discover. Jesus said you must lose before you gain. And he said, and if you try to hold on to what you have, you're going to lose what I'm offering. And so many times believers are frustrated as a pastor. I see it. I pastor it. My heart goes out to people. But the truth sets us free. That many times we're frustrated in life because of our unwillingness to give ourselves up to him. Jesus here sets the precedent for relationship with him is this. That all framework, really the, the you could say the foundation, really the, the root cause of almost all Christian struggle is self-preservation. That's at the root. That's at the foundation, the very foundation of all of my fighting, my struggle, my issues, my discontent, my malcontent is because I'm trying to hold on to something. Jesus told me I was going to have to give up. And this is foreign to the postmodern Christian mind. And it's becoming more foreign that we don't recognize when we came to Jesus, we came to die. Oh, yes, 
We came to die. But it's not just true of our relationship with God. You can see this in life. You can take, for example, marriage. You can take, for example, uh, relationships. A lot of times, marriages die because one or both partners want to live. Neither one of them are willing to die so the marriage can live. And this happens in all kinds of things. We don't like self-denial. But here, Jesus makes self-denial the price of admission into relationship with him. So when I, when I walk around and I say, I've got a relationship with God, I have a relationship with God, I should be able to see in you, and you should be able to see in me some things we've given up. I shouldn't be walking around with a handful of and a life full of the same stuff I met Jesus with. Because if I am still holding on to those things, then I have to bring my quality of relationship into question. Because a relationship with God means that I'm going to give some things up in favor of him. I mean, child of God, once again, I didn't come to Jesus when I got saved. Y'all, I didn't come to him to try to figure out just how bright and brilliant I was and and I didn't, I didn't come to him for him to be okay with my proclivities and my weaknesses. I came to him because I didn't want them. I didn't want my weaknesses anymore. I didn't want my proclivities anymore. I didn't want the way I think anymore. I didn't want it anymore. I wanted his. I wanted to know this life that he offers me. And so we flipped it. We've twisted it. And Satan is a, he's a master. He is a master at making evil good. Or look good anyway, sound good, feel good. You take, for example, uh, this is something my wife and I were talking about the other day, and I, and I thought it was so profound when, when she started describing it, how the scripture tells us that in the last days we would be lovers of self. And when the scripture says that to us, it's not a positive thing, okay? It's, it's not a good thing. It's telling us that we will be so selfish, we would be lovers of self more than lovers of God. But You fast forward to today in our postmodern world, we're living in those last days that 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 Paul was talking about. Right. And we're living in those last days that Peter was talking about. But now lover of self has been flipped in the culture. And this is the work of Satan. It's his evil genius to where now it's not love of self. We call it self-love. And so we have a whole culture embracing self-love, but really it's love of self. And this is why the culture seems to be in pursuit of something noble, but continually deteriorating in our morals and in our relationships. Because Satan loves changing language. Whenever he seeks to destroy, he seeks to redefine. Whenever Satan seeks to destroy, he aims to redefine. So he takes something that God says and he flips it. He, re- he mutilates the statement. He redefines it. He shuffles like Scrabble. He, he shuffles the words and then sells it really real cute packaging to the culture through all of the different mediums of the culture, from music to television, the arts, you name it. And then in, the next thing you know, everybody's sitting here drinking this poison that tastes like Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? And so we have to wake up from this and we have to realize we are going to follow what Jesus calls relationship, because if we're not following what Jesus calls relationship, then we have to question whether or not we're in one. After all, he is the one we came to for our own salvation. So we let him set the parameters. We let him define the relationship. So he defines it first in self-denial. 
He defines it, secondly, in conforming to his will and purpose. He defines it in giving up so that you may gain him. What's the second thing he uses? Okay, let's find that in John chapter 14. This is what Jesus offers to us as a means for establishing relationship with him. It's found in John 14, verse number 23, and it reads, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he's speaking to Judas, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Man, that's so good. I'm going to read it one more time because you need, to, you need to digest this promise. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he's going to keep my words, and then my father will love him, and he will come unto him and make his abode with him. He'll live. He'll dwell with him. Don't we want God to dwell with us? I mean, we want God to live. We want the full blessing and approval of the Father in and upon our lives. Well, Jesus said this. In order to get that, you've got to be a person who keeps his word. Child of God, there is no such thing as a relationship with God without giving weight and value to the Father's word. I, I know people, you know, we've gotten to a point now in church, it's almost as though you're boring people if you read too many scriptures. It's almost as though people have become extremely um, intolerant of the Bible. Like if you were to just open the Bible and start reading the Bible, people wouldn't know what to do. They'd just be like, oh, is that all he's going to do is read the Bible? Yes, it's, it's the word of God. It's God's word. And if you have no place in one's life for the word, you don't have a place for God because God and his word are one. I mean, you won't think, think about this. Think about the fact you're sitting across from somebody that you say you love and that they say they love you. And they, and they look across the table at you and, and they look you square in your eyes and they say, I love you so much. I just don't put any weight on what you say. Now, how would that make you feel? I love you so much. I just don't value anything you say. <laughs> I love you so much, but I want to do what I want to do, not what you say. If you were in a relationship with somebody else and every time you did something, you were doing what the other person suggested or said, and your words were never given weight in the conversation or relationship, you would question the quality of that relationship. I would go as far as to say many of you would not tolerate a relationship based on those uh, particular principles. You, you wouldn't do it. You'd be out of that relationship quickly. Why? Because you weren't respected. You weren't regarded. Your, your opinion was not valued. Your perspective was not valued. So you wouldn't stick around because you would say this is no relationship at all because I don't have any stake in it. I can't do it. I can't. Anything I say is treated lightly. Anything I say is brushed aside. Well, think about that with your heavenly father. What is the weight you give to his word? What is the weight you give to the word? Because I would venture to say in any relationship, the weight you give to someone's word is the extent of your intimacy. It's, it's no... It's no surprise that when we stand in front of an altar and we exchange vows, that entire marriage ceremony is conducted of mainly the exchange of words, the exchange of promises to each other. 
and we sit there and we say these things to one another and we make these vows to one another and those words become the thing that bring us together. Now, that's God's ordinance, that we would make these vows. God has made his commitment to us with his word. Our relationship with him is centered around his word. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So whatever I do with his word, I do with him. If I treat the word lightly, I treat him lightly. If I treat the word with disrespect, I treat him with disrespect. So my relationship with God is dependent heavily upon what I do with this word. And I hear a lot of believers saying, oh, I have a relationship with God. But what place does the word have in your life? What place does devotion, reading, and not just that, then taking the word and doing it? Because what I do with this book determines what I'm doing in my relationship with God. And so you see here, Jesus makes this very plain to us. He says, if you're going to come to me, you're going to have to deny yourself. You can't just run your flag up and say, I got a relationship with God. <laughs> you're gonna, there's going to be some things that show. There, there's going to be some fruit as a result of this relationship. You're going to give up something. You're going to give and you may have a tough time giving it up. And so I'm not trying to be condemning or preach down to you about it. If there's something in your life you need to give up, because I understand there are sticky places in our lives. But rest assured, we must give these things up. It is the it is the price of admission into relationship with God. This self-denial, this putting of self second, this putting self down, not the discovery of self, not the exploration of self, not just me, me, me all the time. No, what about Jesus? Okay, so that's the first thing. And then secondly, what do I do with his word? When I hear the word preached, what do I do with it? When I read a verse of scripture that speaks directly to me, what do I do with that? What time do I give to the word on a daily basis in my life? You see, all of these things deal with relationship with God. And so before we fall into this trap, this postmodern trap of being very light, uh, that, that's pretty much the, that's the spirit of the culture nowadays. Everything is light. The only thing we treat very heavily is ourselves. <laughs> right. It's like we, we're going to fight for us about everything. But everything else is very light. Everything else is treated very light. I'm wanting to admonish and encourage you, child of God, to begin to treat the word of God with weight in your life. Because, see, this is what what's going to determine the quality of my relationship. Man, if you have a relationship, I'm a married man and I've been, a, been married now going on 15 years, headed toward 15 years. And here I am, a married man with my wife. And my wife and I have a, a beautiful relationship, continuing to grow. We don't know everything, but what we know we try to do and, and love each other. And if my wife and I were trying to have a relationship without respect of each other's words, it's impossible. If she dismisses what I say, we cannot have a relationship. I can't. I can't keep as a Christian looking at what God's word says about my body, what God's word says about my lifestyle, what God says about my behavior and moving that aside because I'm in this mode of self-discovery and then saying, oh, I got a relationship with God. No, no, you don't. I love you, but you don't. No, that's that's not relationship with God. Relationship with God is set on God's terms. We don't write 
our terms to the relationship we have with God. It's like we've, we've written God a prenup. It's like, God, so this is what, this is what you're going to do. You're going to put up with me. You're going to tolerate me. You, you're going to convict me to a certain degree. But when it gets uncomfortable, I'm going to bounce. <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to have a very casual relationship with you. And I want you to agree to those terms. God receives nor agrees with anybody's prenups. You must come on his terms. And once again, I go back to the top of this podcast. Why did you come to Jesus if you want to keep you? <laughs> I, do, I don't understand that in today's culture. We want Jesus. I guess we just want fire insurance. We, want, we just want to, I don't want to go to hell. That's basically what we want to say. We might as well just say it. I just don't want to go to hell. Jesus, you can keep all that living thing, but I just don't want to go to hell. I want to I wanna smoke weed. I want to drink. I want to sleep around. I want to keep my cussing habit. I want to keep everything else in my life that I met you with, and I want to escape hell, and then it'll be all over in the morning. No. Child of God, that's not how this works. Relationship with God is set on his terms. And don't forget what I, I told you, because this is a verse of Scripture that it, it kind of unnerves us a little bit, but it's in the Bible, and we have it to deal with. It's in Matthew 7 that I alluded to earlier in 21 through 23. You can read it in your own time where Jesus talks about people standing before him in that day saying, oh, Lord, didn't we do this and didn't we do that? And he said, I never knew you. And you know what that means to me in the light of all of this truth? It means that these are those who set their own prenuptials for their relationship with God. They thought they had it all figured out what they could do instead of coming to God on his terms. Child of God, what God has in store for you is better bigger and greater than anything you can do yourself and anything you're holding on to and anything you're trying to preserve his plan is greater i don't care about the popularity i know everybody's now on their grind to try to blow up and be popular and have their name and lights and do this that and the other i'm not mad at anybody do your thing but rest assured you don't get to set your terms to the relationship we say we have with god this postmodern world, we have to deal with the cultural narratives that are swirling around us that seem to be rewriting scripture because God's word is crystal clear. He calls us into intimacy. He calls us into real fellowship and he calls us into fellowship as well. That means following him and what we do and how we behave. And he doesn't call us in for nothing. Jesus is not telling us to lay down our life just to lay down your life. He's not saying deny yourself just to deny yourself. This isn't religious dogma. He's not saying come die to self and that's it because you should. No, he's saying do it so that you can experience what I got for you. So that you can experience the life I'm holding for you. And I promise you, it's much bigger and much better than anything you're holding on to. Let this word be a word of meditation for you. Go back. Read these verses of scripture, follow these things through, because when it comes to relationship with God, we can't be guessing. We can't do guesswork about our relationship with God. We've got to know we're in relationship with the one who loves us. And yes, you're going to stumble. Yes, you're going to fall. Yes, you're going to make mistakes because you're human. But make sure you make your mistakes and your failures falling forward that you're headed toward conforming to the Christ that has saved you. 
Child of God, I pray that this was a blessing to you. Uh, I want to encourage you guys. Follow us on our, on our YouTube. Follow us on our Facebook at Christ Nations Church. I think it's CNCTXK on, face, on Facebook and Christ Nations Church on YouTube because we're going to be going live every single Friday with these podcasts. And like I say, there's no set time limit on them. We're just going to get on here and feed God's people the word of God. Sometimes my wife is going to join me. She's going to be on this podcast with me. She won't just be behind the scenes. And other times I'll have guests to come on that we really want to make this an outlet to really feed God's people on a weekly basis. And also be on the lookout for these to be re-aired next week on our social media sites as well. My prayer for you is that this word has met you at the point of your need and you're able to take this word with you in your life and you're able to walk it out. So just before we, we, we sign off today, let me pray with you. Father, we thank you for every person under the sound of my voice that has chosen to take the time to join this live stream. Now, Father, as they go throughout their day, Reveal to them, show unto them the ways that please you so that they can further their relationship and their walk and their intimacy with you and make them to know that what you have planned for their life is greater than anything they're trying to preserve their life for. And it's in Jesus' name. I thank you for it. And everybody said amen. God bless you. I love you. And I will see you next Friday.